Hi, I'm Jade Hernandez, a camouflage tattoo artist and educator. I help beauty bosses effectively market their business and become the authority in their field, close more leads and make more money. In the past six years, I've launched two successful beauty businesses to multiple six figures with over a hundred five-star raving reviews and several media press spotlights. While most marketers will tell you to hustle and work harder for success, I'll show you how to create more value from the inside out so that you work less, make more, and truly expand and transform your business and life. This is the Beauty Expanded Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today is actually Wednesday, but by the time that you listen to this episode, it will be Friday, December 31st, also known as New Year's Eve. And I think this day is really special because it ends the era of a year and also provides space and an opening for the new year. I always love going into the new year with a clear intention so that I can make every year my best year yet. In this episode, I actually had a listener submit a question. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I always end my episode with gratitude and also my email address if you have a particular question you'd like me to answer. So today, I am answering my first listener question. It's from Denisha from Instagram. And she wrote in, Hi, I am a new camouflage artist in the industry. I took my class in August and immediately found an amazing space to open on my own. I have been in my space for three months and have yet to work on any paying customers. I think a lot of you guys can relate to that. She goes on to say, I have offered deal after deal and yet still no luck as far as bookings. This is extremely disappointing as I have such a big vision that I know I can make happen. As of now, I don't know what I should do. Please give me some suggestions. Thank you. So first of all, thank you so much, Denisha, for engaging with me. I really love engaging with people and connecting with people. And it's nice to know that I'm just not speaking to a microphone and there are actually people listening and wanting to connect. And so thank you so much for submitting your question. I am going to actually break this down into two parts. This is going to be a longer episode. Most of my episodes have ranged anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes. But I'm really going to take my time on this one because I know firsthand being a trainer and educator in the field that this is a question that a lot of people struggle with in the permanent makeup industry or any industry for that matter. So I'm going to break it down into two parts. The first part, I'm going to share a few tangible, practical things you can start doing if you haven't already done them. These will be the most valuable things I did every time I start a new business that yields the greatest results. And I also want to mention that being a serial entrepreneur, I have started many businesses. And I will say that every time I start a new business, I start with zero clients, ground zero with no client overlay. So I was never able to take previous clients and convert them into my new business. So I understand where you're coming from when it comes to landing your first paying client. And then part two will be more of the spiritual mental shifts that will attract more sales. I'm going to really challenge a lot of you to tap into the energy of things the thoughts and emotions behind the things that we do, because that's really where all the magic and manifestations happen. It's more than just the law of attraction, which a lot of people get wrong. 
They think that the law of attraction is just a matter of thinking what you want and it will be done. But there's so much more to uncover the actual laws of attraction to make it happen. And a lot of that is digging deeper into your subconscious beliefs and habits that you have around money, sales, success, and self-worth. You can certainly skip part two if that's not your jam, if it's too woo-woo for you, but I am here to help you see what's beneath the surface of your 3D life. If you listen, read, and watch highly successful people and pioneers in any industry, you will often find that there is some sort of spiritual inner practice that they adopt and put into motion to really excel and support their desires and dreams. I think that's an important blend to whatever it is that you truly want to attract into your life. And that's how I think of things very differently than maybe a lot of marketers and business owners who will tell you to keep hustling and work really, really hard to get what you want. I don't necessarily buy into that belief because I feel like a lot of things that you want in your outer world start with your inner world. So with that being said, let's get down to business on a few actionable things you can start implementing to help nurture that sales sequence and get you paying clients. So the first thing that stands out in your question, Denisha, was you saying that you have offered deal after deal and still no luck as far as any bookings. So my first advice to you is to stop discounting and offer more value instead. You're positioning yourself as a low price brand and service provider when you offer deal after deal. And at that point, if that really is your only competitive advantage is being the lowest priced provider, then you're always going to be competing for clients based on price and everyone loses when they do that. Clients don't respect or value what you do because you don't respect and value what you do. And when you don't get paid and feel good about what you're offering, then you begin to discount your value and your worth. And you're not going to enjoy servicing clients based on volume because in order for you to make ends meet, you have to do a ton of volume at a really low price. And you're not going to enjoy doing that for the long run. I think it's really hard to sustain that. And as for your clients, you begin to attract clients who are only looking for a great deal. That's what they value the most. And they actually don't really respect what it is that you do because all they're after is price. When you make it about the money and the actual price tag, you attract that right back into your life by attracting people who are also only in it for the price tag. And that's not a good place to be. People may like Walmart for their low prices, but they certainly don't respect it or value Walmart. So what I would do is instead of discounting my services is to get my brand and myself and my business out of that bracket and I would go higher. And when you charge more for what it is that you do, you need to be able to back that up by providing clear values of what it is that your service provides. Offer more value, experience, care, concern, understanding, confidence, growth, self-acceptance. That's value. I also want to just add that if you're always competing for price, that is always going to be a constant challenge and uphill battle for you. In your email, you said that you have a big vision for what you know you can make happen. And that's huge. 
So I'm assuming that your vision isn't to be the lowest priced provider out in the industry. I would tap into more of that vision and really sell that. What is your vision? Because that's where the value lies. Number two, are you putting all of your eggs in one basket? So I noticed this with some of my students is that they're only on Instagram. And I always tell them and encourage them that they need to be on multiple social media platforms, such as Google My Business, Pinterest, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. You never know where your client is going to be, one. And then two, Anytime you position and narrow yourself onto just one platform, you're taking a huge risk because if for some reason Instagram goes down, you're going to have a really hard time making it easy for people to find you because you've been so dependent on just one platform. So for example, my number one source of referral is Instagram, but right underneath that, my number two is Google. I would say it's almost 50-50. And every once in a while, I'll get clients from Pinterest or YouTube. But just because Instagram is my number one source of referral doesn't mean that I put all my eggs in Instagram. Because if I did, I would have lost the opportunity to land 50% of my other clientele on Google or even the 10%, 20% that I get from Pinterest and YouTube. I definitely do invest a lot of my time on Instagram because it is my number one source of referral, but I also make sure that I make it very, very easy for people to find me no matter what platform they tend to be attracted to the most. TikTok is actually where I spend the less time, but every once in a while, I'll make sure that I throw videos up there as well. And what I see a lot of students do is spend a lot of time on Instagram and not devote any extra time on building up their Facebook business page or Google My Business or Pinterest or YouTube. And I think when you do that, you're setting yourself up to be way too dependent on just one platform. Therefore, you're not asking enough people to buy from you. And a lot of times in sales, it's a numbers game. And what I mean by that is that The more offers you provide, the greater the chance of someone buying into it or hiring you. So if you're only asking 100 people on Instagram on a daily basis, when you could be asking 500, 1,000 people because you're on multiple social media platforms, that's going to help you build that momentum. And then number three, are you blogging? So this one is really interesting because... I figure in the beginning of any business, you have a lot of downtime because people aren't calling you nonstop. So I've said in my previous episodes that I really value my time and I try and make it as productive as possible. So anytime I start a new business, I know that there's going to be this delay of useful time and space. And I really try to take advantage of that because I know that this is the time for me to do all the back end stuff so that when my business transitions and gets busy, I've already set a really great foundation. So in the meantime, right now, stepping into the industry and not having a lot of clients knocking down your door, I would say, one, do you have a website? And two, this is a really great opportunity for you to start blogging about what it is that you do. A lot of people still don't know what camouflage tattooing is. I would say, you know, nine out of 10 times, People will often tell me when I tell them what I do for a living, 
wow, I've never heard of that before. That's so interesting. This is the first time I've heard this. And so with a lot of my marketing, I do a lot of educating. And the great thing about blogging, and I would suggest you do this directly on your website, and hopefully you have a website that makes it easy for people to find you and contact you, is I would create blog posts about camouflaging stretch marks, about camouflage tattooing, about camouflaging scars. What does the healing process look like? And as you begin to write these blogs, you can also submit keywords and use keywords in your blog that helps alert and trigger to Google that this blog brings value to people who are searching for this information. And you can do more research on what kind of keywords you need to use simply by Googling a keyword search. I think you might even be able to do a keyword search through Chrome if you have a MacBook. But that's something that a lot of people miss out on because it takes a lot of time to write and not everyone's a great writer. But I'm telling you in the beginning, if you have the extra time, you should start blogging about what it is that you do. And as it's archived, it's evergreen, which means that once you post it, you don't have to do anything to update it and maintain it. It's just there on the internet forever. And that will eventually get picked up by Google. And you can organically show up higher in the search rankings when someone in your town Googles camouflaging stretch marks or stretch mark tattoo. That's going to help position you without paying for any ads or promotions so that it's easy for someone to find you. Also, anytime you educate a client, you always position yourself as an expert in your field and that builds trust and credibility. The other thing that you can do is do some YouTube researching on what SEO is, which is search engine optimization and figure out what things you can do for free that's low effort to make sure that that all helps build a reputation for your website and your business. So I'll share one really simple tip. Every time I upload a before and after photo on my website, we make sure that we add the meta tag description to it. And what I mean by that, because I actually have an SEO girl that does all of this for me, but she will tag my photo, like rename it based on a keyword. So oftentimes when you upload a photo on your phone or your email or your website, it will come with its own classification. I'm just going to use an example, 1234.jpg. And a lot of people will just post that image instead of taking that extra two seconds to rename it Arizona Stretch Mark Tattoo, for example, and then publish it. That's just one little tip I'll share. It's free and you can find many more quick little tips while you have time simply by Googling it or researching on YouTube. And I would literally put how to optimize my blog for Google and see what comes up. Number four is I would listen to my past episode, episode seven, where I talk about my social media strategy which is actually a sales funnel that works for me. What you're going to learn from episode seven is that I strategize my content so that it either entertains, educates, or executes the sale. And so I would listen to episode seven and try it on for size. While you're building and promoting your business, you'll actually have a strategic game plan that's going to help nurture your relationship with your client from the time that they happen to browse and stumble upon your profile to the minute that they call you to book a consultation and to eventually hire you. 
Number five, are you doing guerrilla marketing? And what I mean by that is, are you emailing people, dropping off flyers, and introducing yourself and networking to cultivate partnerships with other brands that would complement your services? So for example, when I first got certified in scalp micropigmentation, which is the hair loss tattoo, I didn't realize how male-dominated the industry was. Just wasn't truly aware of that. And when I started promoting and putting myself out there to get leads, I realized that a lot of men were not very comfortable talking about their hair loss to a female. And I get it. It's something that they're extremely self-conscious about, and they don't necessarily want to talk about those problems or even reveal their thinning and bald areas to a woman that has tons of hair. What I ended up doing was figuring out a different approach and began to do a Yelp search for all hair loss centers in Arizona. And it was a numbers game. I simply emailed every single company, introduced myself, said that I was a scalp marker pigmentation artist. Were they looking for new clients? Is this something that they were already offering? And I gave them two options of how to work with me. One was a referral partnership or referral fee that I would be willing to either split the commission or pay them a flat rate for every client that they referred to me. Or two, which I assumed, so I took the risk of thinking that this was going to be the better option. The second option that I gave them was that I would work as an independent contractor for their company without them having to have the overhead expense of having an employee. And I began to sell that vision, which was I can come to your place of establishment, represent your company brand, service your clients so that you can add this list of service to your company and do a split percentage without having the overhead costs of an employee. And I contacted every clinic in Arizona. And I was lucky enough from just an email that I copy and pasted to everyone, I was lucky enough to land an interview with the National Hair Loss Association in Scottsdale. They had been thinking about offering scalp marker pigmentation because they were getting a lot of requests from their clients, but they didn't know how successful it was going to be. And so this was a perfect way for them to kind of dip their toes into the industry, offer it without fully committing to having someone on staff. I met with them. They had great questions. And we did a split percentage where literally I would show up to their clinic wearing their scrubs with their logo, service the client, and then I would get paid on the back end. And that was how I began to build up experience and my portfolio for scalp micropigmentation, starting with zero clients. It actually took me a long time to make back my training investment for scalp micropigmentation, much longer than stretch marks and scars, but that was exactly how I landed my first client, was through the partnership with another brand. And the other thing I also want to share is that it is a numbers game. And so try not to take it personally when you don't get an email back. This is all about volume. The more offers you put on the table, the greater the chance that someone's going to accept it. I'll also share how I landed my very first client for my airbrush tanning business that I owned before I started tattooing. So same thing, I had very much like you leased out a space with zero clients. 
And I remember introducing myself to every tenant in that building. And there was this guy who did massages and he was actually very popular in the city. And I remember him saying to me, wow, you must be really successful at what you do to commit to a lease. You must already have a book of clients. And I remember thinking, he's so wrong. I have zero clients and I took the leap first instead of waiting for a consistent flow of clients first before I signed a lease. I actually did the opposite and jumped with two feet in. And that comment made me even more motivated to prove to myself that I could do this with two feet in, which is probably the opposite of how most people would have jumped into business. Through that motivation, I emailed a ton of people and dropped off liars at places that I thought would have clients that would enjoy having a spray tan. Through those efforts, I landed my number one source of referral. She was an owner of a really popular beauty retail store and she came in. I offered her a free tan and told her it was no pressure that if she loved her tan, I would be so grateful if she referred her clients. I also asked if I could leave flyers by her checkout stand. Long story short, she loved her tan. I was able to leave flyers out by her checkout stands and I immediately started getting clients from her, which then those clients referred their friends to me and that's how my business grew. Which leads me to number six, which is are you selling yourself? Are you building that trust factor and nurturing that relationship with someone? So a lot of times I see beauty professionals, especially hairstylists, only post before and after photos and videos of their work. And even though that's really pretty, it gets boring very quickly. And when it comes to stretch marks and scars, that's a very personal thing for a lot of people. It comes with a lot of emotional baggage and trauma. And so when someone is looking for someone to fix that for them, they want to be able to trust that person. Think of a surgeon. That's a high ticket service that can completely transform the way that you feel and look. So when you're shopping around for the right surgeon for you, you're going to want to book consultations with ones that speak to you, that resonate with you, that you feel like you can trust. And it's no different in what it is that we do with camouflage tattooing. So are you putting yourself out there or are you hiding behind images and posts and never posting your own face, your voice, your cadence, your personality? Because if you don't sell yourself and really put yourself out there, it's going to be a lot harder for someone to know and trust you, especially when your competitor is the opposite and really putting their face out there and talking and promoting their services. It's one of the reasons why I excelled in this industry when I started was because none of my competitors were really putting themselves out there or doing video. And I knew that the only way I could build my business as fast as I could was by simply pushing up against the insecurity of, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? I pushed all of those fears aside and really, really made sure to put myself out there so that people could get to know who I was. And I think a lot of people forget that you can build relationships on social media. A lot of people end up just trying to sell, sell, sell on social media. And I try to do the opposite which is build a connection and really show you who I am so that you either resonate with it or you don't. 
And so are you showing up for yourself and are you revealing who you are to people would be my question. Because the cell begins way before they send you a direct message. The seventh thing I would suggest is also to learn how to sell. I would invest in sales training, using scripts, which is all about asking better questions when you do a consultation. I don't know if you're currently offering consultations, but I would definitely make that a rule in your business. Anytime you're offering a high ticket service, you want to be able to spend time providing all the value in which you offer for the price point that you're offering it. And that's what consultations are for. I never give quotes out online. If someone sends me a direct message asking me what's the price for X, Y, and Z, I always pivot and tell them that we first need to confirm if they're a candidate. Can you please send photos? And from there, we can book a consultation and I can explain to you how camouflage tattooing works and get you an accurate quote because everyone's skin and stretch marks are so different. And if someone is frustrated with that because they're really only in it for the price, they're probably not going to follow through and send me photos and just ask another provider for an actual price. And that's not the type of client that I want to attract. I've said this in my past episodes. I'm totally okay with letting them go. So in order to do a successful consultation, you want to be able to ask really great questions. That's where you begin to build the trust and value factor to your potential lead. And in my own trainings, I actually offer a sales script to all of my students who train with me. Because I know that after you have invested thousands of dollars for your training, it's also going to be really important for you to learn how to sell what you just got certified in. And so that's something that I offer to my students, but it's certainly something that you can research and invest in with other people and begin to apply those principles to your own practice. Learning how to ask better questions changed the game for me. It's the easiest way you can truly connect with someone on a deeper level, which then makes them excited to hire you as their provider. Number eight. This is a follow-up to number seven, which is consultations. But I really want to nail this down by having you look at your entire client experience from the moment that they find you on Instagram to the moment that they click the link in your bio. Hopefully you have one that directs them to your website to learn more to the minute that they end up booking a session with you. Do you have information about who you are? Do you make it easy for them to contact you? Do you sound like you know what you're doing? I don't know if you do consultations in person or virtually, but the moment that they step into your place of work, how is the vibe and energy? Is it clean? Do you offer them water, snacks? Do you seem organized? Do you show up on time? Those are all the small details that add up to the bigger details, which is either going to make someone feel confident of your competence and book you or not. So I would begin to really look at the full client experience and make sure everything works and flows easily. Number nine, in your email, you stated that you have yet to work on any paying customers. So I don't know if that means that you have worked on clients, but for free and not for pay. But for this episode, I'm just going to assume that you have worked on some clients, but maybe you haven't charged them. My next question would be, what are you doing with your free clients? 
I would make sure that if you are offering any free services to people, that you make it count, which means I would be documenting their entire healing experience. I would then be blogging about that and doing carousels on Instagram to show people all the different transitions that your stretch marks or scars will go through week one, week two, week three, week four. So that way you're providing that educational content for any future clients who are looking to get this done. And I would also be asking for reviews. Make sure that if you are giving away anything for free, that it's still supporting your business some way. And then the last tip that I'm going to share is I really do believe there's riches and niches. A lot of artists get into the beauty industry and start offering a shit ton of services. They do brows, they do lip blushing, they do Scott Margaret pigmentation, they do body sculpting, camouflage tattooing, paramedical tattooing, areola tattooing. And anytime you're a Jill of all trades, you're an expert at none. And I believe the more services you offer, the less your client is going to trust you on maybe the one thing that you feel would pay you the most. So I knew very early on when I stepped into camouflage tattooing, I wanted to specialize in camouflage, period. I get clients who call me and say, hey, do you do brows? And I always say, nope, I only specialize in camouflage tattooing, but I have a great tenant who does brows or I have friends or whatever colleagues that I'm happy to refer you out to. I focus on my niche and anytime you begin to narrow on your niche, you actually make it easier for your ideal client to find you because they're not getting lost in everything that you do. A niche can also be the type of demographic that you're going after. So for scalp marker pigmentation, even though I work with men, I really market my business towards female hair loss. I'm not trying to help everyone. I really focus on who I want to attract, the type of industry that I'm going to narrow down, which actually makes it easier for me to provide consistency because I know exactly what my marketing strategy is. I know exactly who I'm talking to. And yes, you know, I definitely attract male clients too. But for the most part, it's female focused. And anytime you can focus your brand and your services to a particular niche, it's going to make you stand out, make you louder to the group that you're actually focused on. When you try and please everyone, you get none. I am going to now talk about all the juicy parts that I love the most when it comes to business and marketing, which is part two, which is more of the inner work, spiritual underlyings that affect the flow of money that we attract. So I'd like to first start off with that you can't sell confidence if you're not confident yourself. A lot of beauty professionals will post captions and market that what they do is help people gain back their confidence. So they'll shout it out in their post saying, gain back your confidence, reclaim your confidence. I love making people feel confident. And yet they're not confident themselves. You can't give what you don't have. If you're undercutting yourself and constantly discounting your services, that doesn't resonate confidence. Even the way that you show up on video, for example, 
if I showed up on video right now and I was, you know, selling you confidence and telling you that what I can do is give you confidence by camouflaging your stretch marks, do you think that aligns? No. Everything is energy. And if you come across as someone who's not confident, you're not going to be able to sell it. There is a disconnect there. If you're not a competent artist, you can't sell confidence. You can't claim that what you can give someone and offer them is confidence. That's incongruent. It's like catfishing someone on a dating app. You sell that you love hiking, that you're fit and you take care of yourself. And then you show up on the date and you're extremely overweight. That's a disconnect. That's out of integrity. And I'm definitely not saying that you do that. It is something that I've noticed in the beauty industry in general is a lot of people selling the word confidence when they're constantly discounting things for nearly free or they don't put themselves out there as a confident person would. So that moves us to number two, which is if you don't charge for what you're worth, it's not a price or a market issue. It's actually a self-worth issue. And I know that's given it to you straight and direct. If you're not charging what you believe you're worth, it's never price issue or market issue. It's never about people not wanting to pay your worth. It actually has everything to do with how you value yourself and that's a self-worth issue i'm gonna be real with you guys the majority of people out there struggle with self-confidence and self-worth they don't invest enough time to grow and really to get to know themselves and also take accountability for where they're at and that seeps out so that's inner stuff right and that begins to seep out into your external world because if you don't truly know yourself, value yourself, and trust yourself, you're not going to feel strong enough to put yourself out there and face rejection and judgment from others. And so to appease everyone and to play it safe, you may not be comfortable asking for someone to pay hundreds of dollars to work with you. How you feel about yourself has everything to do with how you're going to show up in the real world with real people. Which then leads me to number three, which is what's your resonance? Do people resonate with you and your message? Because camouflage tattooing is an emotional purchase. There's even a lack of studies and research on how to prevent stretch marks from forming. And the reason why is because stretch marks don't cause a hindrance to our health. And if it's not harmful to our health to have stretch marks, then it becomes an emotional investment and purchase. So for example, last year's iPhone works just as well as this year's iPhone, but every year Apple releases a new iPhone for over $1,000. And do you really need the latest and greatest iPhone? Probably not. Your iPhone that's two, three years old still probably texts, still probably takes photos, still probably accepts calls just fine. But it's more of an emotional purchase of what having a new iPhone makes you feel or believe will improve or add value to your life. But your old iPhone is not doing any harm. And that's the way that I think about camouflage tattooing is it's an emotional purchase. When you're putting yourself out there and explaining what it is that you offer 
are you tapping into the emotional motivations that your clients are looking to find solutions for? Is your messaging resonating with people? Because when people resonate with you, they are attracted to you and they want to learn more. And so what you're putting out there, are you really tapping into their emotional needs? Or are you just selling and promoting the price point? There's a huge difference between the two. The fourth thing I like to address is that your story is that no one will pay for this. I have to ask, are you more committed to that story than you are to changing it? Often our stories are old beliefs that keep us comfortable. They keep us in our comfort zone. And anytime I have a story that comes up for me, I have to really take a hard look at myself and see how that story plays out into everything that I do. Because oftentimes how we do one thing is how we do everything. So your story of no one wants to pay for this, does that lead you to stop charging for your services once you hit your first rejection and judgment from someone? Does that set you back? Does that make you not want to put yourself out there or to post? If every time you hit a rejection or a judgment, which by the way happens 24-7 because as humans, we want to make meanings of everything that we do and see and we're always judging. Whether we're judging something as good or judging something as bad, we're always judging. These are some really deep questions that I'm asking you in part two. And if you are listening to this and brushing this off right now, that already tells me everything I need to know about you. You're probably only wanting the quick fix. And the quick fix is always a band-aid. Because what you don't deal with on a deeper level will play out in every area of your life. Which is the fifth question that I'd like to ask is who do you want to attract? Have you really thought about that? Who do you want to serve in your business? Be very specific on who that person is and then speak to them. And not only speak to them, but that's how you know how to set your prices. You set your prices based on the type of clientele that you want to attract. And one rejection doesn't set you back. Number six, which is as long as you can transform and improve someone's life, people will pay for that all day, every day. So what value are you truly bringing into the world? How are you transforming and improving someone's life? that should be your messaging. The bigger problem that you solve, the more people will pay for that. So moving along, number seven is all about follow through. When you're confronted or challenged, do you still follow through and get the support that you need and reach out to those that can help you move forward? Or do you just get stuck and stop right there? This has a little bit to do with comfort zone as well. I see so many colleagues and artists Tell me what they know they need to do. I hear it all the time. I know, I know, I know I should be doing this. I know I should be doing that. And I just watch them. I sit back and watch them and see that they actually don't follow through. They know what they need to do and then they don't follow through. It drives me fucking crazy. But that's on me. I gotta release expectations and let people live their life and learn the lessons that they need to. It does amaze me though how many people don't follow through. And when you don't follow through on a standard in which you're trying to uphold and what you need to do, that actually causes distrust in yourself. And when you don't trust who you are because you know that when you say something, you don't do it and follow through, 
you begin to lose confidence in yourself. The reason why I have such a high level of confidence within myself is because I know who I am. I know what I struggle with. And I'm also my best friend in the sense that I will seek help. I'm always eager to grow, always eager to meet my potential. And I always believe, like internally, inner belief that I can do it. I can make it happen. And that's why I have so much confidence in myself. I have these unbreakable standards within myself that I do not and will not break. And can you say that about yourself? Which leads me to number eight, which is self-growth. Being responsible for changing and evolving the things in your life that aren't working for you. I forget what episode I did. I think it was episode four or five, the number one mental shift that completely changed my life. That's a great episode to listen to because it's all about taking responsibility and accountability for everything that's working in your life and not. On a spiritual level, I do believe that we came onto this earth to have these human experiences to learn and grow. Each and every one of us has different lessons that we need to learn and hopefully overcome. When it comes to your business and sales, are one of those lessons to really own and trust in yourself? Is it to truly be of service to others, which I think we all do in one way or another? Is it to evolve and shift your relationship with money? That I can't answer for you, but I do believe we have the opportunity to be responsible and accountable for the things that come up in our life so that we can grow and learn from them, which number nine is all about what is your relationship and connection to money. A lot of people, and trust me, I was one of those people as of recently where I had to really look at some of those self-limiting beliefs that I have around money. I grew up in a family where I was constantly told you have to work hard for money. You have to work really, really hard to be successful in life. And I adopted those beliefs. You know, I wasn't very aware of it. I just did what I've always been taught and I just wasn't conscious of how I was doing it. There were plenty of times this year where I overworked myself. I got sick. I would lose my voice. I would overbook. And I got burnt out to the point where I seriously thought of quitting. And that's on me. Nobody makes my schedule except me. That was all on me. And I really wanted to shift that because I knew it was unhealthy. I began to see that, wait, this is something that I'm doing to myself. And I began to really look at my limiting beliefs around money. And so, you know, a lot of us don't take the time to really see our relationship with money because the example that I just gave you, if it was true that in order to make a lot of money, you had to work really hard for it, you would see so many more people extremely wealthy. My coach had made a really great example of this. He also lives in Arizona and he was basically debunking this myth. As a lot of you know who live in Arizona, it gets extremely hot during the summer, like over 100 degrees and it's dry heat and it's horrible. There's no shade. And if that story was true, the construction workers that are working on the streets in the middle of the afternoon in 100 degree weather, pounding cement would be extremely rich and yet they're not. So that story is false. And that's something that I have personally challenged myself this year, which is really challenging that story of I don't have to work hard to make a lot of money. 
And that's beginning to shift the way that I feel about money and how I attract it and how it flows in and out of my life. So what is your relationship to money? Because whatever your relationship to money is, is either attracting more into your life or it's repelling it away from you. And a lot of us have toxic relationships with money. A lot of us either glorify it, become needy and desperate for it, misuse it, hate it, because we have this underlying belief that money is the root of all evil. And if that's the case, how do you think that affects the flow and the amount that you make? If everything is energy and it's congruent, what is that really attracting into your life? If you think money is evil, your subconscious is going to create habits and actions that may self-sabotage your earning potential. And last, gratitude is the attitude. You are where your attention is. Are you grateful for all the things and the abundance that you have currently? Or are you more focused on the lack of and what you don't have? For example, when you are upset with someone, have you noticed that the more you think about the wrongdoing, the angrier you get? It's because you are where your attention is. So when it comes to your question, I don't know what to do. I can't seem to get paying clients. The more you focus on that is actually what you're going to attract back. It's what you're telling the universe where you're focused. And the universe doesn't judge whether it's bad or good. It just gives you more of wherever you're focused. So if you keep focusing on no one's going to pay for this, no one wants to pay for this. You're going to keep attracting and telling the universe that that's what you want is people who don't want to pay for it. I once had a student, extremely talented hairstylist, who started camouflage tattooing. And she told me, she's like, I'm having a hard time finding clients because I don't have a portfolio. People don't want to pay me or hire me because I don't have anything to show for it. And I'm like, no, that's not true. And sure enough, she asks another friend about some business advice and her friends without even knowing what I said had told her when I started doing hair nobody ever asked me for a portfolio nobody ever asked me how long I've been doing this or how many people I've done hair for so that just goes to show you what's possible is that if it's true for one person it can be true for you when I started camouflage tattooing same thing I never had anyone ask me for portfolio or ask me how many people I had tattooed before I got into this industry. That's not where my attention was, so I didn't attract it. So I would challenge you to begin thinking about what it is that you have and all the great things that you offer and all the great things that make you who you are and bring more of that into your life and your attention so that you can attract it and tell the universe that that's where your attention and focus is than on the lack of. Every time I have something amazing happen, I have a client who sends me flowers, a note, a card, a really sweet, thoughtful text message. I take a moment to really receive it. And what I mean by receive it is receive the gratitude and the energy behind it. And I tell the universe, thank you. Please show me more. I want to see more. Because that's the vibration and frequency that I want to live and attract more into my life. And that may sound really woo-woo to a lot of you guys. 
but I'm telling you, it works. Everything is energy. We are literally made up of atoms, frequencies of energy, the speed of light. Everything is energy. And when you can begin to be aware of that and to really focus on being grateful for what it is that you have, that is the highest frequency of energy. And I really try to focus on vibrating at that level then in scarcity unlock so that I don't keep attracting that. It works for me and I know it can work for you if you choose to receive it. Speaking of receiving, I would really love if you found any of these suggestions valuable that you please return the favor by leaving me a review, whether that's stars or even simply taking a little bit more time and effort and writing out a review on this podcast, I would really appreciate it because I have so much more to share and I'm really passionate about shifting some of these internal blocks that are holding you back from having a successful business and serving others in a really positive way. And the only way I can do that is by having you help me with the algorithm of this podcast. And that's the law of reciprocity, is receiving and giving, giving and receiving back. Last but not least, I really enjoyed answering this question and hope that you have an amazing and special end of the year celebration. Happy New Year's, and I'll see you in 2022. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd love to connect and help you more. If you have a question you'd like for me to answer, please send it to jade at studioconceal.com. That's J-A-Y-D at studioconceal.com. And I might highlight it on my podcast. I find what's often personal is most general. So if this episode helped you, please share it with a friend who may need the encouragement and inspiration. I'll catch you on the next one.